0: What's up, Dolphin fans? This is the Same Old Dolphin Show. I'm Josh Kotzker. With me, as always, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, what's happening?
1: Got myself a glass of wine. The weekend is here. Ready to chillax and have a nice weekend of watching some football.
0: College football, pro football, and wine. It's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Well, brain, we gotta, we, the Dolphins are back at it. It's, uh, it's been our first week of, you know, sort of w- one game in the books, getting ready for the next game. Uh, and it's been an interesting week to say the least. I guess before we get into our Dolphins Jets preview, which is what this episode is all about, I guess we first need to talk a little bit about this wacky Lawrence Timmons situation. Um, we still don't have any official details as to what is happening, what the actual situation was that led him to leave the team. I've heard stories that he, it had something to do with his, his baby mama and his, and his child. And then I've also heard stories that it had something to do with wanting to set up a team viewing of the, uh, Canelo Alvarez GGG fight at in in Vegas and he was trying to like set something up the night before with having all the guys go to Vegas I've heard both of those things I I don't know how much credence I give to the last one but uh at any rate uh Adam Gase finally addressed the issue saying that there was an unexcused absence and the player will be suspended indefinitely now that indefinite suspension can only be I think four games before they have to make the decision to release him I think officially, uh, according to whatever the the collective bargaining agreement is between the NFL and the NFLPA. But uh, regardless, Timmons is going to be gone, suspended for four weeks, and the Dolphins are already preparing to move on and uh, adjust to life without him. Uh, in fact, this week they traded, I believe it was a fifth round draft pick to the New Orleans Saints for Stefan Anthony who is a middle linebacker. So brain break this situation down for us. Tell us a little bit about Stefan Anthony and how the Dolphins are going to proceed without Lawrence Timmons on board.
1: Well, I think that's kind of jumping to a to a conclusion. <laughs> I think that uh they're certainly getting their their ducks lined up and they're getting their backup plan in place because Look, linebacker is an issue for this team. It was an issue coming into the season. Even if everybody was healthy, it was it was a question mark. And then they lost two linebackers uh, in Koamisi and uh, and McMillan, the rookie. You know. Early on in, you know, well, Misi before, like very early in training camp and then McMillan in the first preseason game. And now you get this with Timmons. uh, They were going to need some depth, some depth. They only they only suited up four linebackers in the in the week two game against the Chargers. Ray Malaluga still out of shape. He is a large man. He is a large man, and he is larger than uh, his ideal playing size. I mean, at the moment, I mean, you talk about.
0: Uh, I mean, he is a wild Samoan. He I mean, is. He is. is. He, he looks what, what like. Were the,
1: what, what were the wild Samoans' names? Uh, Sika
0: and something else.
1: Wasuka, like a, they, were they both kind of you know chubby? I mean, these were big guys, but he looks like he ate both of them. He's looking okay. more like Rikishi, to be yeah, honest. He's
0: definitely got the Rikishi thing going on. He's going to put a little ass on it.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's all the Dolphins need is they Dolphins need to put, need a, to little put a
0: little ass. ass on it. Fantastic,
1: <laughs> excellent. So, uh, but I think the fact that he is suspended indefinitely. And he's back with the team and you hear uh, players coming out in support of him, not necessarily in support of him, you know, his absence. Uh, nobody's going to come out in support of that, but all saying the, the same thing that they would welcome him back with open arms. And you look at this team, uh, look, they, they want to make the playoffs. Linebacker is clearly their biggest hole right now on the entire team. I think if they wanted to cut cut bait with him and they wanted to just cut, they could have just cut him, but he's back with the team. They're going to make sure that he takes the steps that are involved, which is probably, I mean, th- this is, you know, kind of just jumping to a conclusion and making an assumption on my own. But I, I imagine uh, there was some sort of apology for, for not being there for his brethren um and then basically showing up on time putting in the work and showing that he can be relied upon and if he does that for a couple of weeks i fully expect him to be back out there as the Dolphins' starting strong side linebacker uh the question is how long will it be before that happens he's certainly going to miss this game um and, and he then gets out of that he just, gets out of that trip to London, which is nice. Well, see, I'm of the belief that this is all just a matter of when do the Dolphins linebackers cost them a victory? Yeah. Because the odds are, and we'll break down this game, the Jets are terrible. They're the, the Washington Generals of this year's NFL. That is that is something that is saying something. Um, they're, they're awful. The Dolphins should not lose this week. They could look any, any given Sunday and it's a divisional game, rivalry game, jets home opener. Let's say they win. I think they, as long as they win without him, there's no need to rush him back. But then you go to London, you play an explosive offense that loves to throw the ball to their running backs. And, I could see the linebackers having a big problem in that game and then the Dolphins losing that game, coming back two and one and saying, all right, enough screwing around. Let's, let's put him out there. So long as he has taken the steps that Adam Gase deems necessary, that is showing up to work every day, ready to work and working hard. But um, as far as the guy they trade for, Stefan Anthony uh, he was a promising prospect coming out of Clemson, had a good rookie year, a rookie year good enough to actually earn him as, you know, one of the, the highest rated rookies by pro football focus. I think he made their all rookie first team in 2015 and then last season was You know, basically lost his starting job that he started the season with, bounced around to different positions and got to the point where the coaching staff actually criticized him in public, you know, in in the media, basically saying this guy just he he can't diagnose the plays He's not where he needs to be. He doesn't line up. So he's an athletic guy who can make some plays. He can fly around. But he's not really a guy that can be counted on to be where he's supposed to be uh, to make the correct read. And so
0: now basically- can I ask? let me ask you this. Do you think that is a that was problematic because of just the defensive system that he was in?
1: and it's like maybe it's a
0: possibility that he comes down and he plays in a different system here in Miami
1: and that suddenly this is a guy who's going to be able to make some big plays defensively it's possible it's possible the saints have had a terrible defense for a while now and they've gone through a laundry list of coordinators so it is that is worth noting but it's also worth noting that the only reason that this guy was even on the Saints roster this year was because he had guaranteed money left on his contract. So the Dolphins are in such dire straits at the linebacker position that they traded a draft pick for a guy that really the Saints would have cut if they were, if they were able to. And so that's not to say that he can't play and he can't be uh, You know, at least a fill in guy to add some depth, maybe a special teams guy or even a fill in starter. But. You should temper your expectations if you think that the Dolphins got themselves, you know, this great up and coming linebacker uh in Stefan Anthony, because. The. Really the news on him has all been trending in the wrong direction for the better part of two seasons now.
0: So essentially the Dolphins have got just got a body in there to, to fill some space while they right. uh, while they sort of try to wait out the suspension.
1: Well And similar to uh, you know, the other guy that they signed, it was kind of an under the radar signing when their fifty three man came out. Uh March Lillard, the guy that they got from Kansas City who was an unexpected cut of the Chiefs, and the Dolphins signed him. And now he's kind of been the talk of camp or at least the Dolphin facility for the week that he could potentially sneak into the rotation of linebackers. Uh, look, right now the Dolphins are basically just just throwing darts. <laughs> they're just they're seeing what they've got because they don't have much. And whoever uh, takes advantage of the opportunity of, of the playing time that they've got, if they play well, they're going to they're going to stay in there and it's going to stick. But at this point, other than Kiko Alonso, your guess is as good as mine. As far as which which of these guys is going to stick. And that's why Lawrence Timmons was not cut. And that's why I believe that Lawrence Timmons will be back in the starting lineup sooner than later. My guess is he misses no more than two weeks. So that's the Lawrence Timmons situation.
0: And the linebacker situation for the Miami Dolphins. I guess the thing that we need to talk about before we move into our preview of the of the Dolphins-Jets game this weekend. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't stop to just mention that I think Adam Gase has sort of handled this situation as well as a head coach in the NFL could possibly handle the situation. He has is, he is strived to keep things in-house, and, you know, that that has worked out as the details still haven't come out as to what the actual situation was with Timmons. Um, He's been hard and firm and consistent throughout the whole thing. Uh, You know, a player let down his team, and he was not here when he was supposed to be here, and... Uh, This is a team that is being built to win. And if you can't be there for the team, then you're going to pay the consequences for that. And I think he has been firm and consistent and confident with his handling of this situation. And I think it's really impressive for an NFL head coach facing his first little bit of adversity, um, you know, on an organizational level. I I think my hat is off to Adam Gase in this situation.
1: Yeah, I think that... Uh, you know, this is his first real, uh, real situation with disciplinary issues that he's had to deal with. Um, I guess he he kind of had something early last season where he wasn't happy with Jay Ajayi's uh, attitude. Jay Ajayi was unhappy that he wasn't the starter week one last year. And then he was an inactive and didn't even fly with the team. So that was kind of you know, similar, but this is a serious disciplinary, uh, disciplinary situation with a guy just g- going a wall. And I agree. I think he's, he's sending the message loud and clear that if you're a guy that we cannot rely on, then we are going to move on without you. And I think more than anything else, that's what this, this trade was, this trade was basically saying, look, we can't sit around and be waiting on on Lawrence Timmons because right now we cannot rely on this guy. And if we cannot rely on you, we will move on and we will show that we can win without you. And so far, we're one to know without you. So it's it's been a next man up mentality. It was a next man up mentality for the team last year when they dealt with a ton of injuries, when Ryan Tannehill went down at the end of last year and Matt Moore came up and they still made it to the playoffs. It was a next man up mentality when Koa and Raekwon McMillan went down in the preseason. It was a next man up mentality when Ryan Tannehill got hurt. It was a next man up mentality and That is the continuation, whether it's because of injury or whether it's because of suspension. If somebody cannot be counted on, this team will move on without them. And move on is exactly what they're going to do
0: to a big game at the Jets this Sunday in uh, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So, Brain, as the Dolphins prepare to head on, head head to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Uh, before we talk about the, the matchups and how things are going to look, uh, what, what can you tell us about the injury front? How are things looking for the Miami Dolphins as they head into this game? It looks like Malaluga is going to be out. It looks like Jordan Phillips is going to miss this game as well.
1: Yeah, well, they're, Jordan Phillips uh, hasn't practiced all week, and he's listed as doubtful. He's probably not going to play in this game. Uh, Jay Ajayi. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, and Damian Williams all showed up on the injury report, all limited participants. Uh, Devontae Parker was a notable one because he was limited in practice on Wednesday and then held out of practice on Thursday, which uh, drew a lot of concern from the media and really kind of raised the eyebrows that maybe he wouldn't be ready uh, to play when you see a guy kind of downgraded on the injury report late in the week, it it's never a good sign. But all of those guys were full participants on Friday, and all seem like they're good to go. So it looks like the only guy that is not going to be able to play, other than Ray Malaluga, uh, is is Jordan Phillips. And I think this is going to be something. That we're going to see a lot of this year, uh, especially having the bye week in week one and not so not having a bye week and being able to and, you know, having to play 16 games in a row. I think that anybody that has even the slightest soreness, the slightest injury, if they're a key piece to the puzzle, if they're a key player. I think they're going to get a lot of rest over the course of the week. And the real question is, do they practice on Friday? And if they practice on Friday, that should be your answer as to whether or not they're going to play. Uh, That's what we saw uh, at least this week. And it looks like everybody's a full go except for Jordan Phillips. So with Jordan Phillips out of the equation,
0: how does that Dolphins defense match up with this New York Jets offense?
1: Well, it's the Dolphins could have all of their starters out on defense and they'd still probably match up pretty well with this Jets offense. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I mean, an absolute burial of uh, the New York Jets. (laughs) That might be, which I'm, I'm fine with, by the way, it might be a little hyperbole, but not by much. If it's hyperbole, it's really, it's an, it's it's not by much. It's not extreme hyperbole. The Jets are a terrible offense. What I will say is that if there's one thing that the Jets could potentially do decently, it's run the football. Uh, they ran the ball at a pretty good clip last week against Oakland. They struggled against Buffalo. The Dolphins were a terrible run defense last year, but were very good last week against the chargers. So we don't really know what kind of defense this dolphins, uh, this dolphins unit has as far as stopping the run. There was, we know that there was a lot of emphasis on them getting better at stopping the run. And through one week, you have to love the results. I believe they only gave up 44 yards rushing to the chargers. So if they're able to repeat that kind of performance and put the onus completely, Completely on Josh McCown throwing the ball to Jermaine, who's receiver, then I really like the Dolphins' chant. But Jordan Phillips at this point, I mean, he, he's a rotational player at defensive tackle. They've got depth there uh, between Sue and Godchow and Taylor And they could throw in, they can move Terrence Faday onto the inside. Uh, I think that they're okay there with their depth at D tackle, with their depth on the D line in general. Um, And I think, so I think they'll be okay as far as that matchup. The Jets have... They've got kind of a shaky offensive line. The interior of their line is is probably a little bit better than their tackle situation, but it's not a very good offensive line. It's one of many units on the Jets that just isn't very good. What
0: about the other side of the ball? When the Dolphins have the ball, what can we expect? Do you think we're going to get
1: 28 carries for Jay Ajayi this week in, in New York? I think if the Dolphins had it their way, if Adam Gase had it there, had it his way, you're going to see a steady diet of Jay Ajayi, but maybe the Dolphins can put this game away, you know, by midway in the third quarter, or at least by the end of the third quarter, so that when it comes time to chew up the clock, maybe they can give Ajayi a little bit of a rest because they're definitely going to run the ball. The Jets' defense is bad, and they're bad at stopping the run, and they're bad at stopping the pass. But over the first two games, they've given up 370 yards rushing. And the Dolphins want to run the ball. That's who they are. So I'd be shocked if the game plan wasn't still to feature Jay Ajayi in the running game. I guess the difference is, Maybe we let let go of the reins a little bit on Jay Cutler. Maybe instead of trying to have these 10-15 play drives to try to get into the end zone, maybe we try to to push the ball downfield a little bit more, get some more chunk plays, and maybe uh, have a have a big enough lead so that in the second half we can, we can spell Jay Ajayi a little, little bit, and maybe we can keep him to a more, uh, a more reasonable 22 23 carries.
0: I'm going to have you go out there and, and, and climb out on a limb here, Brain. Tell me, what is the final score of the Dolphins Jets game going to be on Sunday?
1: You know, I've gone back and forth on this because of the game plan that we saw in week one, uh, because of the fact that this is a division game. It is a rivalry game. It's the Jets' home opener and they're 0-2, that they will come out with some desperation and the Dolphins dealing with the distraction of the Lawrence Timmons thing, dealing with the fact that they basically haven't been home in three weeks and this is another road game that maybe this game is a little bit closer than the experts expect. And it would not shock me. Um, I have my concerns because if the Dolphins come out in this game and their game plan is similar to that of last week's and they try to use Jarvis Landry as an extension of the run game and they try to play ball control, And chew up a bunch of clock, and then they get down inside the 20 and they struggle to score touchdowns. This could end up being a game where they let the Jets hang around and they're still an NFL team. They're still capable. Josh McCown is not this great franchise quarterback, but he's serviceable. And if you know, he can connect on a big play and the Dolphins could find themselves in a close game where a key turnover at a bad time totally changes the course of the game. Um, my hope is that the Reigns are, are let go a little bit. They let this offense, they let Jay Cutler do his thing. I do think Jay Ajayi is going to have his way, uh, and he's going to be a beast in this game. I think the Dolphins let the Jets hang around for a little bit, but I think early in the second half, they probably uh, put their foot on the gas and kind of put it out of reach. I take the Dolphins to win this one. Let's call it 27 to 13. I uh,
0: I think the Dolphins might score 27 points, but I, I for some reason foresee them giving up points as well. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game because this is the Dolphins and the Jets, and of course it will be close. So I'm going to say the Dolphins are going to get this game. They're going to win this one. I'm going to say 24-16 Miami gets the win over the New York football Jets. So we both like the Dolphins to cover. We both like the Dolphins to cover. That's correct. So uh, I think that's going to take us to this week in Dolphins history, Brain. Sounds good. I got a fun one. I got a fun one. So this was a late change because I was originally going to go with uh, something a little bit earlier than this. But then I thought, you know what? This is the obvious choice. And I I think we need to talk about it. So on September 21st, 2008, the Miami Dolphins found themselves in an 0-2 hole facing a trip to Foxborough to take on a New England Patriots team that had won 21 consecutive regular season football games. Not regular season home games, regular season football games. The year before they had had the perfect regular season and gone all the way through the playoffs before losing spectacularly in the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. And so, uh, you know, the Dolphins coming off a 1-15 season, you didn't expect a whole lot. They were 0-2. They were going to New England. This was going to be a bad day for the team. I mean, just the week before, they'd gotten crushed in Arizona, 31-10. to um, Even despite the fact that Tom Brady was out and and, uh, and Matt Castle was in at quarterback for the Patriots, it, it It was not a very good situation. And then the Dolphins went three and out on their first offensive possession. The feeling was, oh, God. Oh, God, this is going to be bad. But then, suddenly, Chad Pennington leads the Miami Dolphins down the field to the Patriots' 15-yard line. And there, Chad Pennington and Ricky Williams both line up as wide receivers And Ronnie Brown lines up behind center as the quarterback takes the direct snap and runs basically untouched for a 15-yard touchdown for the Miami Dolphins. And thus, the Wildcat was born. The Dolphins went on to use the Wildcat, or the Wildcat, excuse me, Uh, six times in the game, scoring, uh, with three touchdowns, three running touchdowns from the Wildcat for Ronnie Brown and a passing touchdown for Ronnie Brown, uh, finding, uh, Miami Dolphins tight end legend, Anthony Fasano, uh, so Ronnie Brown ended up throwing, was one for one throwing with, for 19 yards and a touchdown. He also carried the ball 17 times for 113 yards and four touchdowns. That is still a Dolphins single game record for rushing touchdowns in a game. He is one of only two players in NFL history to rush for four touchdowns and also throw a touchdown pass. Uh, the Wildcat propelled the Dolphins to completely turn their season around. They went from 0 and 2. And from there, won 11 of their remaining 14 games, finishing the season 11-5, and and actually hosting, winning the AFC East, and hosting a playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens brain, which you and I attended, a game which, of course, the Dolphins unfortunately went on to lose, but it was the last time the Miami Dolphins have hosted a playoff game. And uh, yeah, it all began that day in Foxborough, where the Miami Dolphins introduced... The Wildcat, which went on to be wildly successful all season and then not terribly successful beyond that point once teams had a chance to scout it and figure out how to stop it. But at first, this was a revelation and the Dolphins were really the first team to truly introduce um, a fully integrated Wildcat offense um, into their scheme and uh, it was pretty revolutionary at the time, and it led to one of the most fun dolphin seasons in recent memory. Brand, what what are your memories of that
1: that crazy game in New England? I remember watching that game at a buddy of ours house uh, at our buddy Raf's house. <laughs> and uh, we used to watch all the games there on on Sunday afternoon, and we were just like, Wait a minute, what's going on here? Ronnie Brown is lining up at quarterback and it worked and then it worked again. And then it was like every time the Dolphins got the ball, it was like just keep doing it until they stop you and It was it's it, a really weird thing. It was thing. like they showed they showed restraint in that. It first was game. it was a
0: weird <laughs> thing because you never you don't usually see Somebody surprised the Patriots and Bill Belichick like that. You don't typically see that. But in this case, you did. And the Dolphins went on to a 38 13 victory in Foxborough.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. And it was a, the start of a really, really fun season. Um, it took, I think it was probably like four or five weeks where just about every time the Dolphins ran the Wildcat, it was. Just hugely successful. And then at at a certain point, even over the course of that season, it became, you know, diminishing returns as more and more teams kind of got a book on it and, and started practicing and preparing for it. But the Dolphins still used it. A lot every every week over the course of that season and it was it was just a really really fun season because it was a it was it was similar to last season in a lot of ways and, and we've said this uh, a lot this all you know coming into this season and this offseason how this year's team is kind of going to be compared To the 2009 team because last year's team was basically very similar to the 2008 team in that both of those teams got off to really slow starts and then got, you know, had like no expectations and then ended up going on this improbable playoff run. And then the following season, uh, you know, 2009, the Dolphins ended up going eight and eight. And so here we are this season and we're hoping that the dolphins don't basically do that same thing which would be to prove that last year was a fluke. I don't think that last year was a fluke so much. I think they they got a little bit of a, a little bit of luck along the way um but you know the point is I think that this season is kind of you know it's very comparable the the situation that the dolphins are in now coming off of last season as to what the dolphins were in 2009 coming off of 2008 with the whole wildcat thing. So, uh, I think it's a really apropos, uh, this week in dolphins history.
0: Thank you. And, uh, the other game, oh. the the other game that I was going to talk about this week, uh, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to wait until next September. Oh, come on, what, what was it? Uh, well, here, I, what I will tell you is I will tell you to uh, Google Feedler's Choice. Feedler's Choice. Hang on F- a
1: second.
0: Feedler's Choice.
1: Because this sounds really good, too. Feedler's Choice. It was an
0: all time, it was, all-time, uh, it was a, not, a, not necessarily an all time classic game, but it was a great
1: game. From the 2001 season, I guess we'll talk about it. Uh, it. You know, you look up Fiedler's choice, and everything comes up Fielder's
0: choice, right? Of course, it does. Uh, basically, it was 2001. It was September 23rd, 2001. It
1: was. Oh yeah, it I was, that was later in the season.
0: No, it was. Uh, it was the first game back after 9/11, and uh, yeah. it Jay Fiedler, with the, the Dolphins got the ball back down 15 to 10 with a minute 41 to go, no timeouts. Jay Fiedler leads the Dolphins on a drive all the way down the field and then on a fourth and goal, uh they call a a pass run option and Jay Feedler bootlegs out and dives into the end zone to give the Dolphins the lead. It would turn into an 18 to 15 Miami Dolphins
1: victory. Uh, there is, is that, a Is that Jay Fiedler's best moment? I mean, it's one of them. It's I mean, one it's of them. I think two moments. I mean, I think that... Well, no, okay, I've got three. I got three games. i got that game. I've got the Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys where he threw like four touchdowns and he looked like Dan Marino and they were wearing the throwback uniforms. And then I've got... The, the Sunday night game against the Redskins, where he was the backup to Brian Greasy, and Brian Greasy was terrible. Oh, that, and was, and a showed, that was a classic. And they too. showed Fiedler on the sideline with we were sitting fire at, we were in sitting. In the,
0: I remember we are sitting at the bar in Orlando watching that game. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that vividly. And we said,
1: you knew when they brought him in that he was going to lead us back, and he did. So... But I think that was probably his greatest moment. Look, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated after
0: that. I'm going to have everybody look. You know what? Maybe I'll put the audio at the end of this show. Um, At the end of this show, I'll include the clip of the Jim Mandich commentary for that final play. Uh, It's amazing. It's, it's, It's a vintage Jim Mandich call. Um, you gotta love it. It's it's just classic. If you grew up listening to Jim Mandich like the brain and I did on the radio, you, you love Jim Mandich calling the Dolphins. Anyway, uh, so that's that's this week in Dolphins history. Um, it, it was it was a fun one to look up. And uh, hey, now we're looking forward to uh, some Dolphins football, hoping that we can go to two and zero and stay in first place. All by ourselves in the
1: AFC East. In the meantime, Brain, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at AaronTheBrain. Also can find me tweeting on the, the show's personal Twitter at same old dolphins and also writing articles on dolphinsreport.com.
0: That's right. Ch- and follow them on Twitter at dolphins on scout. Uh, that's where you can find all the latest articles from Aaron the Brain they get tweeted out there first you can also follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock uh, as the brain mentioned you can follow at Sam Old Dolphins on Twitter you can subscribe download rate review and subscribe to the show on iTunes you can follow us on SoundCloud we appreciate it if you give us a five star review tell us that we're doing a great job um, and, and leave that review on iTunes it'll help other people discover the show as well um, don't forget uh, our good friends Bad Bruno who uh, who uh, have given us our fantastic punk rock version of the Miami Dolphins fight song that we use as the theme song here on the show uh, you can f- uh, follow them, Bad Bruno Punk, uh, a fun band out there in California so we will come back to you again early next week with a recap of the game against the Jets hopefully it'll be another Victory Monday if it's not, that's okay it's, you know It's the same old Dolphins. For Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins.
2: hurried clock-stopping spike, Fiedler mustered his men one more time at the Raider 2. He had launched the unlikely drive by completing four in a row. Now he needed to finish what he started. A run-pass option was sent in. Twelve seconds remain. The Raiders dug in.
0: Fiedler fakes one way, rolling back the other way. Lots of time, looking into the end zone. Nobody there. He'll run.
2: the game,
0: Jay Fiedler did it with his legs again, was rolling to the right, couldn't find anybody open in the end zone, and ran it in. There is pandemonium
2: in this building, oh my God, the Dolphins have come storming back, they're going to win this football game. You talk about a will to win, this Dolphin team today just would not give up.